Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 31st, 2017. Happy Halloween. Everybody get your shit together because not only is it Halloween, but it is the NFL trade deadline. And I'm telling you guys, I have never seen an NFL trade deadline ever like this. But of course, it would not be complete. I cannot talk football without Shaka. Shaka, how are you? What what are you thinking of this trade deadline? Where are you right now? Well, I'm kind of confused because I feel like we're talking about the NBA trade deadline. That's usually a lot more just crazy flurry activity. But um, lo and behold, there are a lot of teams that need some uh, new players. Dude, a lot of teams that need new players. And I just, I just, I do not see moves happen this often in the NFL. I mean, you and I both know there's a lot of schemes. There's a lot of game plans. There's a whole playbook. This is not like baseball or basketball where guys can just switch teams and easily fit in. So... You know, there was, there was a few trades where I was scratching my head. There's a few trades that, you know, I got excited about. And, um, I mean, let's just jump right into it. The biggest trade that I saw first thing this morning was Philadelphia Eagles getting Jay Ajayi for a fourth-round pick. Now, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to hear what you're thinking. Shaka, give me some initial reactions to that trade. Well, initially, I was dumbstruck. Uh, Jay Ajayi is 24 years old. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of knee issues that I wouldn't say are major. There's probably just soreness. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the Miami Dolphins had a piece that tons of NFL teams absolutely die to have as a legit, tough, quick, uh, you know, can take 25 to 30 carries a game yeah. running back. And they hand him over for a fourth-round pick. So you have to ask yourself, what the fuck is going on here? Now, I mean, I'm hearing that this was a bad fit in Miami. This is also, I think, a bit of a product of Miami kind of being dysfunctional. They're clearly yeah. having issues on the offensive side of the ball. Adam Gase, I think Adam Gase is a good coach. I think he's a good offensive mind. But there's clearly problems there. You know, losing yeah. Tannehill at the top of the season didn't help things. But from what I'm hearing now... There was some discontent in the locker room, and I think Jay Ajayi was a big sort of, let's just say he was stirring the pot. And I think, yeah. I'm, I'm suspecting that they wanted to sort of get him out of the locker room, which, I mean, he must have been quite a presence because aside from him, I don't know who's going to run for the Dolphins. But then again, Ajayi hasn't really been shining for the Dolphins, and you know they're probably just figuring out try to how, to how to get back on track. Now, the Eagles getting him, this is just... I mean, this is the Eagles going all in because what's great about it is that they get a talent like a Jaya and they can improve their running back situation. But also, there's not much of a commitment because after this year, if a Jaya is good, you let Blunt walk and you keep a Jaya. If you don't like a Jaya, you let him walk. I don't. I think his contract next year is something like under a million dollars. I mean, yeah, he's not making much money uh, on that original Dolphins contract. No, which is another reason why I was confused why the Dolphins just offer him up so quickly. I mean, going back to what we were talking about with Adam Gacy's problems, uh, and this is from Deadspin, which actually gave me a lot more insight into kind of maybe the trouble that they had in Miami was that uh, Gacy was calling out certain players for not taking their work home with them, Mm -hmm. as in studying their playbook and their assignments and roles better. And I think one of the players he was calling out specifically was Ajayi for not actually following through with game plans. And I think a lot of the coaching staff was frustrated with him trying to be like the superstar and hit home runs on um on running plays instead of just doing what he was asked to do. Mm. Now I think that can be ironed out in Philadelphia because obviously now you're in a, a a winning team. Yeah. And you have competition. If you're not, you know, producing the way we want you to, you can always plug in, you know, LeGarrette Blunt to do your job. So, you know, you can fly straight or you can hit the free market. 
Yeah. Asian market. And it's a real great, you know, I agree because coming to a, I don't, I don't know if Eagles are a winning culture, but they're winning right now. And they definitely have the W, you know, there is a swagger of a team that's looking to try to go all the way. And you're absolutely right. If he doesn't fit in, they can just be like, dude, you can ride the pine and we can run with the guys who have already been working for us. But if you want to add to this explosive offensive attack, then by all means, because this is do or die for him. If he does poorly, they can just pretty much cut him and let him walk. If he does well, then he's pretty much put himself up for a nice contract and a nice little spot with the Eagles. And I think it's abundantly clear that, you know, Blunt is good, but I don't think anybody on the Eagles organization has ever been sold on him. They gave him a one-year deal. There were rumblings in the offseason that he was possibly going to get cut before the start of the season. Now, he's established his value, but I don't think that's pretty much, you know, ensured the fact that he's going to be here after this season, whereas Ajaye is a young talent who could theoretically be your bell cow back for the next three, four years. I mean, it's it's a win-win for the Eagles, and I mean, they're trying to go all the way, and I mean, I like the trade. Dude, I love the trade. I mean, I don't know how more stacked you guys can get. Let's say you're not going to have problems in the depth chart. You know, if uh, if LeGarrette Blunt decides to walk, you're okay. If Ajayi doesn't work out, you can always re-sign LeGarrette Blunt to another deal. He's 30 years old, yep. and he seems to still have a lot left in the tank. Um, I don't know if uh, Wendell Smallbrook's exactly gonna pan out yeah. I, I like his potential and he's got the quickness um he doesn't necessarily have that kind of breakaway speed coming through the holes mm-hmm. but there's so much you can do with him variation wise I, I think you guys have so much depth which is the great part at wide receiver and running back that you have regardless of where the season goes for the eagles right now they have so many options moving forward in the future uh, quick question do, do you think do you think the Eagles are going to do something with their offensive line to compensate for Jason Peters? Like anything. Do you see them picking up street free agents? Do you think they're just going to be fine riding with who they have? Because I'm worried. I know there's there seems to be a sense that they're not that worried. Um, but I mean, listen, the Niners are a terrible team. They've got a good front seven, but they pushed around that offensive line. And they're a shitty team. And so I'm sitting here looking at the, the rest of the schedule saying... How many more better front sevens are going to push around this Eagles offensive line? Do you think they're going to do anything there? Well, you know what? Um, I'm, I, they may clean someone off, off waivers, but from what I understand, Ajay is a much better blocker than anyone actually on the Eagles roster. Oh, okay. So that was one of the reasons why they were willing to pull the trigger on this, is that he's actually a pretty competent blocker and a better receiver as well. So I think they're they're um, adding some flexibility a little bit to the play set, especially if they need... Uh, Carson wants to go back into the shotgun formation. Yeah, yeah. Good call, man. Uh, Let's keep on these trades because there's been a lot of trades. Jimmy Garoppolo moves on to the Niners for a second-round pick. Holy fucking shit. Okay, so I feel like the Jimmy Jimmy G saga has been going on since the offseason. He's clearly one of the you know, highest, you know, like valued backup quarterbacks that's out there right now. And all of a sudden, you know, this just – this just changes the dynamics so much because the Niners knew they were having a, a, a lost season. You know, there was a belief that they were probably just biding their time until they could go pick up Kirk Cousins in the offseason. And now, after all this time, after much speculation, they pull the trigger and they go get Jimmy G. Now, the real question is, is Garoppolo really going to work out? Also, he's going to demand serious money from this Niner team. And it also sort of begs the question, like, you know, what, what if something happens to Tom Brady? So there's a lot of things that get affected by this trade. I want to hear some of your thoughts about this, Shaka. 
I've been trying to figure out for a couple of hours now where I'm going to start off with this. Yeah. Um, not to be petty, but God, if the Patriots somehow have Tom Brady end up with an injury, they're going to go, holy fuck, we should yeah. have just wrote out. Because now they've moved Brissett and Garoppolo. And I think they picked up Brian Hoyer as a backup. Uh, they claimed him on waivers from the 49ers, actually. He was originally supposed to be part of the trade, but they asked that he be removed from the trade uh, because of the compensatory picks that were involved. Right, yeah. So now they have Hoyer outright as the backup to uh, Tom Brady. But still, I mean, th- th- you can't really replace a Tom Brady with... No. It just doesn't work. So that's first thought off. I mean, they, they've obviously bought in on the fact that Brady is going to play for a, a bit longer. At 40 years old, he's looking like, you know, the MVP that he has always been. So they really, they look like they look like geniuses right now yeah. coming out of The follow-up to that is that I actually came home and I spent some time watching what footage there was of Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback, which Ooh. is not much. But that being said, I mean, I, I think we forgot uh, how actually solid he looked because he got hurt, I think, after during the third game. Yeah, it was he didn't he only played like two, two and a half games, something like that. Yeah. When Tom Brady had, was suspended for the Flategate, he actually played. He was a starting quarterback for, for three games and mm-hmm. he looked great. I mean, he had a lot of, uh, of veteran tendencies. He, he read the blitz well. He read uh, play coverage well and he, he made some great throws. Nothing you know, heart-stopping or dynamic, per se. Uh, but he made competent throws. He fit the system incredibly well that Belichick has in place. So I think in terms of, as a system quarterback, I think Garoppolo uh, is, he's functional on that level. In terms of long-term potential and actually, you know, what future value the 49 is going to get, I think that's anyone's guess. No one really knows. Yeah. And he's not even going to start right away when he goes to San Francisco. No. They're probably going to sit him for a little bit and introduce him to that offense and kind of get him in the rhythm before they actually throw him out there. But I think the 49ers have a little bit of a rough schedule. Yeah, uh, and and I mean, I'm going to give Kyle Shanahan the benefit of the doubt because I think, listen, I think Kyle Shanahan is a is an offensive guru, and I think he's somebody who probably is looking for particulars when it comes to a quarterback. So, yeah. I mean, if they pulled the trigger on Garoppolo, he must feel pretty confident about him. And I think you're absolutely right. It's going to give him some time to get up to speed, but... I believe he wants to install him as the starter before the end of the season, get him some reps even in a loss season so he can feel a little bit more comfortable. Because what I was, I, what I was also hearing on my way home as I was listening to some of you know my sports talk radio and hearing about the fact that Garoppolo wants to be a starter. And yeah. I think one of the reasons that the Patriots moved on from him and actually didn't re-sign him was because he wanted starter money. He wanted to not sign the extension because he wanted to be a starter somewhere and he knew that it wasn't going to be New England. Um one of the questions I have for you, Shaka, though, is, okay, they drafted Garoppolo, what is this, season three, season four of him? I believe so. Do you think, now, I think that there was a belief that they drafted him to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady, that he was going to take over. So now you're three, four seasons into his career, Tom Brady's not going anywhere, and, you know, you essentially have to move on from Garoppolo. Now, listen, I think it's a great thing to, for the Patriots to have an embarrassment of riches, but where does this leave them in the Tom Brady situation? Like, do you have to go back and just draft another second or third round quarterback and groom them for a year or two and hope you have another Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett in the mix? You know, or does this really kind of put them in a bit of a tenuous situation rolling the dice with just Brady? 
Well, you know, if it was any other team besides the Patriots, we'd probably be out here calling them complete idiots. Yeah. But, you know, lo and behold, I, just the way the, 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 the merchant system in New England works, these guys just have – and you can look at it. People have uh, on other teams and other franchises, they have these long five, six-year, seven-year projections yeah. for quarterbacks and running backs and coaches all playing together. Patriots don't run like that. No, they, everything is kind of condensed to like a two or three season run. So you could potentially imagine uh, the Patriots are stockpiling picks right now, mm-hmm. um, and you can just bet your money that this um, second round pick that they've gotten for Garoppolo, they're probably going to. Tra- and it's a, a you know it's early second round pick. Yeah. So they oh yeah, that's like pick down. number thirty five or something. Yeah, they can trade this down for a couple of picks in like the third and fourth round, and they can still get a pretty good quarterback in a a quarterback-heavy draft. Yeah. So they can address this instantly in 2018, and maybe they can trade for, you know, picks in 2019 and 2020. And I think projection-wise, let's just hypothetically say Tom Brady plays till he's 43. Okay. So they've got three years of a starting quarterback, and they can groom a replacement in that same amount of time while also picking up uh, defensive help, which they need. Granted, their defense is playing a lot better, they could still use some defensive uh, help at corner and safety. Um, so, I mean, they're they're playing not necessarily long game, but they're playing for three for three years of dominance still right now. Dude, the Patriots are so good at this. They are so good at this because you absolutely said it. This is a second round pick. It's a high second round pick. There's no reason to think they're not going to turn that into two other picks, draft a quarterback and a defensive back, and still be in the same position they are right now with a well-groomed quarterback that's already, you know, ready to take over the job for Tom Brady. I, 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 I still, I mean, how the hell are they, it's, it feels like they're cheating. I, I, although I feel like that's a dirty word when you're talking about the Patriots because they have been busted for cheating. And the craziest part is, uh, allegedly, they could have gotten a first-round pick for Garoppolo if they traded him in the offseason. But they wanted to hold on to him for a little bit longer just to see how well Brady would uh, survive durability-wise during the season. God. So they, I mean, all things considered, they haven't really paid much for insurance on the quarterback. Wow. Uh, I mean, just everybody's got to take a note from their playbook because it just feels like they are three steps ahead of every other front office in the league. How do the, how the hell do the Patriots do this? And really, it just shakes up the entire scenario because now the 49ers have a quarterback. Yep. No one knows where Kirk Cousins is going to end yep. up now because that seems to be a lock before this. So everything's kind of in a tailspin right now. You also need to think about the draft pick because they're yeah. probably going to have a shitty record. They're probably going to have one of the top picks in the draft. And like you said, this is going to be a quarterback-heavy draft. If they already are sealed and have a quarterback in Jimmy G, now you're talking about the Niners trading down. Now you're talking about them getting a haul of picks. I mean, essentially, it's going to be them going selling their pick to the highest bidder for whichever team is desperate for a quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, this is... It's a good move. It's a good. This is another good move. Um, yeah, exciting. I mean, both teams. I'd say both teams ended out on on top of it. This one, no one was a loser in this scenario. This is a great, it's a great trade for both teams. I agree. I agree. Let's keep moving on to another trade because the the last one that came down off the ticker, which I was impressed with, was uh, Kelvin Benjamin getting traded to the Bills for two second round picks. Um, I didn't. Okay, I I didn't see any of these trades coming, but I certainly didn't see this trade coming. I. I mean, this is, okay, I don't want to say I'm scratching my head, but it feels as though there's reveals that are coming with this because, number one, Sean McDermott, 
Brandon Bean are all Carolina Panther guys. They're in Buffalo now. They are clearly revamping that franchise in their image. They're bringing in guys who they know, bringing in guys that they like, installing schemes that they are accustomed to. Kelvin Benjamin's a perfect fit for that. He comes from Carolina. Sean McDermott knows him. He knows his game. He knows his style. And he knows how he's going to fit into his offense. That's a great move for Buffalo. And I and I respect everything they've been doing because they've been rehauling that entire franchise. But my question for you is, Shaka, what does this tell us about the Panthers' opinion of Kelvin Benjamin? I mean, what do you think happened that the Panthers were ready to move on from Kelvin Benjamin? I Honestly, on the, the Carolina Panthers' side of this, I'm really confused. Uh, I don't really know why they would give up such a I, look. Kelvin Benjamin's not exactly top ten wide receiver to me in the NFL, but I think that's part of the system that he plays in with Cam Newton, who's just so mobile and so versatile at uh, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think in any other system, Benjamin would be easily, you know, an 80, 85 catch, thousand yard receiver. Yeah, he's just that good, uh, and he's a great possession receiver. He's huge. He, you know, he outmatches any cornerback. Uh, that you have to put up against him. Now, I think part of this is Carolina is building, I think, a little bit for the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, getting two picks out of this. Uh, I think their defense still needs to be shored up a little bit. Their offensive line definitely needs some shoring up if they want to keep Cam Newton healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't see the logic, really, though, in kind of pulling the, the trigger on this. I think probably what the Bills were offering in return was too much for them to pass up. I don't think they really had it, uh, and that's just my opinion. I don't think they really had any uh, intention of uh, pulling the trigger on Kellen Benjamin. Unless there's something internal going on that I'm not aware of. Do you, do you uh, think he, any of this is Devin Funchess? Do you think there's a, like they kind of saw him trending upward and figured, you know what, we'll be fine with him? Point, that's a fantastic point, because we have spoken about earlier in the season the, the emergence of Devin Funchess as, you know, Again, he's another big guy with you know legitimate range and also a matchup nightmare. Um, granted, Benjamin was still the leading receiver for Carolina. I think the fact that Funchess has, has uh, turned a corner made Kelvin uh, a little bit more expendable in Carolina. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're. I think they probably weren't thinking of moving on from him, but I think when Buffalo called and offered what they offered, it was too good to pass up. I uh, and listen, God, God bless Buffalo. I mean, they need receivers. Jordan Matthews just came back, adding Kelvin Benjamin to the mix. Now you start to legitimately have some nice receivers to replace Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins, and the running game is starting to come on there. I mean, Buffalo's 5-2. and two. This is a good trade for them, too. I Look, every time I look at that Buffalo team and I say, my God, they're 5-2, and two, I scratch my head, Sam, because you also missed out. Marquise Goodwin was also took off in the offseason. Oh, yeah, to- that's right. That team was loaded at, at wide receiver, and all those guys are gone, and the team is actually better. Yeah. I don't somehow just mind-boggling, but the defense out there is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been playing injured and still good. I mean, they just whomped Oakland last weekend. And, I mean, uh, look, I think they – I don't think they expected to be in the position that they are. They're half a game behind the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And, look, I don't see – they probably said themselves, you know what, um, we might as well go for it, pull the trigger. Uh, so I think they they never expected to be in this position, but while they're here, they're gonna go for it. Because I look, I don't know what's gonna happen at the end of the season with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I, I don't. I think they were trying to move him uh, last season if they could, and just the way things worked out, he ended up being with the team still. And look, look at things have turned out pretty great. I still don't think he's gonna be there at the end of this season, but I think they're gonna try and run the table. Interesting. Inter- uh, interesting. Interesting. I'm. I think they'll probably keep him now that they realize. 
you know, there's not many other options out there, and he's actually a pretty solid option under center. But you make a really good point. They might not be sold on him at all. And listen, I like what Sean McDermott's doing. I like what Brandon Bean is doing. I think they are doing, like, these are some of the right moves for Buffalo because the Buffalo team has been making a lot of wrong moves over the last five, six years. I mean, Rex Ryan, I mean, firing Doug Marone, just contract moves, trades. These are the first steps where I'm like, okay, that's a good move. That's not something I think is stupid immediately after it happens. Um, let's move on from this. I, I don't need to dwell too much on Buffalo. Let's jump to, uh, let's talk about the Dwayne Brown trade to the Seattle Seahawks. And we'll, we'll, we'll segue right into the Seahawks-Texans uh, game. We'll finish up with that. So Dwayne Brown, left tackle for the Houston Texans, holds out the entire season Finally, doesn't get his money, but then comes back and starts in this barn burner of a game against the Seattle Seahawks. Looks pretty good. And then is promptly traded to the Seahawks for Jeremy Lane and a pick. Now, let's talk about this trade. I think it's good for the Seahawks because they needed help at the offensive line. Um, I think they're going to have to make some things work money-wise because Dwayne Brown is older and is definitely making big money. Um but it also shows that they're willing to move on from certain guys in their secondary that they're not feeling too confident about. Um, do you think that there's, or listen, how much of a downside to the Texans is this? I guess is my question. I think the Seahawks made a great trade, but the Texans are losing a key left tackle for an offensive line that isn't very good. What do you think about that, Shaka? Well, I think the Texans have already kind of chalked up to the fact that they couldn't afford to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, they might explore their options in, the, uh, in terms of backups or in the draft. And I would say, honestly, look, on the Seahawks side of this, uh, Russell Wilson has already restructured his contract yeah. to accommodate uh, Dwayne Brown's salary. And it's three years. This is three years late yeah. for the Seahawks because they've needed offensive line help forever. Yeah. And I'm sure Russell Wilson was happy to cough up. Or to, to, you know, rework his contract. Yeah, pay a little extra money to make sure my yeah. back doesn't hurt as often every Sunday. Exactly. I mean, this is just insurance, you know, up front. So as far as uh, Russell Wilson's concerned, he's he's more than happy. You know, this is a uh, Russell Wilson's from Virginia. Uh, Dwayne Brown is also from Virginia. So he's he's uh, getting a little hometown help uh, out here with this. But this is a I think this is a win win. The Texans really didn't want to hold on to, to Brown, and the Seahawks desperately needed him. So yeah. both teams got a little bit of something. You know, something I want to mention that I heard from uh, one of my um, podcasts, the Ringer NFL show. I listen to Bill Simmons' Ringer show all the time. One of his guys said how uh, they said in the in the off season, um, he said he didn't like that they signed Jeremy Lane and they signed Jermaine Curse. Both of those guys have now been moved. And what they have in return is Dwayne Brown and Sheldon Richardson. So now Which I'm sitting here going, they actually have a pretty good handle on how the fuck to move these guys around because they're looking like they got some pretty nice uh, you know, rewards for those moves. Those are guys that I don't think they were sold on, but they've been able to turn them into key pieces to sort of fit this Seahawks team. And this Seahawks team, I mean, this is the best team in the NFC. It's the Seahawks and the Eagles, in my opinion, and they just got yeah. better. Look, don't forget, uh, Sheldon Richardson's contract was also kind of a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, Doug Baldwin reworked his contract to fit Sh Sheldon Richardson on the team. So a lot of guys kind of sacrificing or, you know, being willing to move some money around to get a, a better cohesive team. And right now, the Seahawks look, they look threat. They, they, they look dangerous again. I, I really, I, I, I still am not in love with how uh, the defense is playing right now. They're, mm -hmm. 
granted that that Texans game. Yeah, was... let's let's go into it. Just start talk about that Texans game because listen, this is a great Seahawks defense, but the Texans put up thirty eight points on them. I was following this incredibly closely because my starting quarterback usually is Russell Wilson, and my backup quarterback is Deshaun Watson in fantasy. Oh my so god! Before this, I was biting my nails like this is either going to be a defensive game where it's going to be like 12 to nine uh-huh. or this is going to be a shootout. And, and it was home, anything, but it was a shootout. I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. I was actually watching a, a lot of this game. I think I missed the third quarter, but I caught the fourth and I was, it, this is just speechless. It was, just the amount of, I mean, you can go back. I'm probably going to be, this is one of those games I'm going to go back and watch on like YouTube or something. Dude, I went just back and watched the highlights on NFL.com. The highlight reel was like, 15 minutes long because there was just so much to see every one of the Seahawks defensive stars Earl Thomas got cooked a couple times Richard Sherman was caught like literally flat-footed with his back in the wrong way a few times I give credit to Deshaun Watson as a rookie though with those pass fakes uh faking of the screen passes that like caught the secondary off their toes every single time and he would just throw a deep uh Staying in it with Russell Wilson. Dude, Deshaun Watson, man, this guy has got some balls. I mean, the throws he was making on that Seahawks defense, some of those it was just like, dude, you got to have guts to make that throw. And he threw it, and DeAndre Hopkins went up and got it. DeAndre Hopkins looking like the best receiver. Oh, my God. I mean, that screen pass that he took for 80 or 90 yards in the fourth quarter, holy shit. Just a bunch of incredible football this past Sunday between these two teams. I would not mind watching them go against each other one more time this year just to Ooh. see how it turns out. That was probably, if it wasn't the best game That's of the, the season, it was definitely the most fun. Yeah. I, that was the most fun I've had watching a football game all season. I, I sure. don't know if there's been a better game this season. I mean, that was out absolutely out of control. To see Deshaun Watson do what he did and then to see Russell Wilson answer right back, I mean, I feel like Deshaun Watson is the second coming. Just watching, you know what it is? It was kind of, yeah, it was watching Deshaun Watson as kind of the prototype and then watching Russell Wilson as the finished product, especially yeah. in terms of the way they evaded the blitz in the mm-hmm. past. Come out of the pocket as it fell apart. It was just, it was beautiful to watch, man. I, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, I, I really, you know, and to hear the Seahawks defenders come out and praise Deshaun Watson and really, I mean, this guy is for real. I mean, to see what he's doing with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, to see how much DeAndre Hopkins disappeared last year with Brock Osweiler, and then to finally see when you get a legitimate quarterback behind center. I mean, this is a young kid and everything, but he's a phenom. You found your guy. I I mean, this is is how it happens. It happens this fast. You get a guy, and you're like, oh, he's ready for prime time. You know, some of these guys, like Jimmy Garoppolo, we're still curious. We're still sort of like, let me see. Whereas Deshaun Watson... I mean, listen, that that week two game against the Bengals when he, you know, when they beat them 13 to nine, he was still finding his footing. He was still figuring it out. But I mean, now it's like he can't not throw five touchdown passes in a single game. I'm sitting here saying, why the hell was Bill O'Brien starting Tom Savage in week one? I mean, what the fuck were they seeing in the offseason? And they didn't <laughs> think this guy was ready. Look, I think back to last year, uh, I remember us bitching about the Texans under Brock Osweiler. And the one thing I, w- I kept saying was, God, please, can they throw the ball deep a couple times yeah. every game? They were so conservative on offense. It was predictable. I think Brock Osweiler had, like, the lowest uh, passing yardage per pass in the NFL. It was like, oh. something like six yards a pass, eight yards a pass. And now you got Deshaun Watson airing it out with no regard for human safety. Yeah. 
every single down. It, it just, uh, I, I never expected this. I expected a few deep passes, a few more deep passes, but I never expected just an aerial assault. Dude, I was, I was uh, uh, ma- managing one of my fantasy teams, and I said, I've got DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Should I start them both? And I'm like, well, they're on the road in Seattle. I'll just start DeAndre Hopkins. It's not like they're both going to go off. I mean, holy shit. I think Will Fuller, Will Fuller actually is tied for the team lead in touchdowns, and he hasn't even played in every game this season. Yes, and, and I mean, listen, he was already a stud last year. Now you put yeah. a legitimate quarterback with him under center. I mean, if the, if the defense can just start rebounding from losing J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless, and they can win a few games that they should win, I mean, they should just take this division, but... I it's mean, rough, man. What are they, three and four now? They're three and four. You know, Watson is amazing, but he's still making some rookie mistakes. Yeah, he's too, he had that – actually, that one pick that Earl Thomas took back to the house, Yeah, that was just great coverage by Earl Thomas. He read him all yeah, the way. That's a moment <laughs> where that's a veteran guy just being like, uh-uh-uh, you still haven't figured this think, out yet. I don't think Watson – because Watson did a great job of looking off the defenders all game. And I, I, don't, I, did, I don't remember the stat sheet how many times he threw the football – but you know, once you if you're gonna throw it 35, 40 times, you're gonna make a couple mistakes. You just hope that no one uh, capitalizes on it. But Earl Thomas just did a great job of reading that all the way. He actually came in and closed out on that interception. So I, there, you're right. There are a couple throws that Watson makes, but I think that goes with kind of that gunslinger mentality that you're gonna you're gonna end up making some crazy throws. Uh, and I I don't know if that's gonna be something that we see disappear over his career i think is going to be kind of uh part of the packaging because russell wilson has a tendency every now and then to to make some sloppy passes as well but that also comes with that same kind of gunslinger mentality yeah and, and a little bit of that wily sort of smaller kind of quarterback that's moving out of the pocket like like you said watson's a little bit of that prototype of russell wilson and you know i never thought wilson would be this long touchdown pass guy he always sort of had it in his toolkit but I mean, now he knows how to use it, and he can be very dangerous, and you're seeing Watson use it. And you know what? you gotta, you got to practice that a little bit. You've got to understand how to sort of, you know, have the gunslinger mentality work for you. I mean, Brett Favre threw a lot of interceptions before he threw a lot of touchdowns, and I think we're seeing that. We saw that with Wilson, and we're seeing that with Watson. I mean, right now I'm saying I think Deshaun Watson's offensive rookie of the year. I don't know if there's anybody else in, in front of him. No, that's not even close. I, I think he's... If he's not the leader in the NFL in touchdowns, he's second or third. Yeah. And, I mean, these two guys combined for almost 1,000 yards of total offense God. in a game. God. They just, just figure it. things out on off. If they just figure things out on defense, they've got the division locked up. It's amazing. Also, let's not forget how much better Lamar Miller looks. Oh, my God. He has a quarterback that can open up the field a little bit. He's. I'm sure he's probably loving it right now. Dude, just everybody is loving it. I mean – they were so inept with Brock Osweiler last year. And by the way, Brock Osweiler, back in Denver, they are officially having a discussion if they want to start Simeon or Brock Osweiler next week against the right. Eagles. The coach said that he's not entirely committed to Trevor Simeon as the starter. Dude, which after what we saw damning. last night, I can understand. It's damning. Yeah, the Denver Broncos uh, offense looks non-existent. Dude, my Eagles defense is going to be licking their chops come Sunday when they chew up that Broncos offense. I don't care how good the Broncos defense is, that Broncos offense is not going to be able to put up enough points to keep up with my Eagles team. I'm calling it right now. Speaking of ineptitude, I just want to throw this out there because I got a news alert for it. Please. The Cleveland Browns tried to complete a trade today for A.J. McCarron, 
Ooh. They actually had the deal in place. I think it was a bad trade. It was for a second and a third round pick. But here's the kicker. They forgot to call the league office before 4 o'clock to um, confirm the trade and complete it. So it never happened. Are you fucking kidding me? So they did not get A.J. McCarron. Honestly, I think they're probably better off because you're giving up a 2018 second and third round pick. I, that's too much for A.J. McCarron. I don't really know. I watched him in college, but I don't have no idea how that translates to, to the NFL. Dude, it is criminal how poorly run this Cleveland Browns team is. Because you're right. Listen, I don't think A.J. McCarron's the answer. I think he's a step up at quarterback for them. He probably would have been the best quarterback on their roster. But to make a move like forgetting to call the legal, I mean, come on, man. And <laughs> we could just go down. Dude, we could go down a list of quarterbacks now that the Browns have passed up. Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson. Okay, all the we were just we just had a Deshaun Watson orgasm three seconds yeah. ago. The Browns totally could have had him on their roster, and they went with Kaiser instead. Oh God, they're definitely drafting a quarterback coming up this next year. But man, oh man, talk about just ineptitude! Ineptitude, dear Lord. All right, dude, let's get out of here. We've got trick or treaters knocking on the door. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know. Maybe there are, but it's Halloween. Everybody, enjoy yourselves. Get some costumes on. We're got to sign out. I, we we're already exhausted from all of these trades. We got to gear up for Week Nine coming at us. I got to gear up for my Eagles beating the shit out of the Broncos. Who are your Jets playing this weekend? God, um, the Bills. I think actually. Oh, Thursday night football. Bills Jets. Yeah, on a short weekend. And the Bills, I, I'm, I'm going to give the Bills the edge. They look damn good right now. Dude. And now they've got Kelvin Benjamin. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how Kelvin Benjamin fits in on that Bills squad. I, I want to see him produce. I think he and Jordan Matthews are going to be dangerous. I, I'm completely in agreement. Uh, the Jets picked up a cornerback uh, from LSU. I'm trying to remember who they completed the trade Oh, from with. the Niners. From the Niners. From the Niners, Robinson. Yes. Um, he was a fourth-round pick. Um, I was telling, like, I was telling Sam earlier, I was complaining because instead of drafting two safeties last year, I wish the Jets had picked up a quarterback to kind of make up for the deficiencies. And I look at Marshawn Lattimore, who's doing great as an NFL starting quarterback. So, and I, man, I was hoping we'd go after him, but lo and behold, we're going to have to take what we can get. So hopefully he, he translates to, uh, some, some better defensive, uh, coverage for the Jets, but we'll see what happens this weekend. I hope so, because the Jets, listen, this is not a lost season. I think the Jets have a lot to be proud of so far. And you know what? Absolutely. This is the, it's to their credit that they're adding guys. They deserve it, and they need it. And you know, this is not a rebuilding year completely in my mind for the Jets. So getting guys like that, that they can actually build towards the future, I like it. I like it. Yeah, they've got a, a lot of young, ready-to-play-now pieces. So I'm optimistic. And look, I think with all the trades that happened today, no one's really sold on the 2018 uh, quarterbacks coming out. So play with what you got. You could say that again. All right, guys, we are out of here to go eat some Halloween candy. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, you can subscribe to the pod. To, uh, I can't speak. I want some candy in my mouth. You can subscribe <laughs> to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Email Shaka and I with any mailbag questions at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. I think that's about all I got. Shaka, any uh, any last parting thoughts before we get out of here? I think we, we covered a lot tonight, man. Um, happy Halloween, you guys. Don't eat too much candy. Um, diabetes is real. I'm and, trying to uh, avoid the same myself. Okay. This is, this, this, is, this is very important information from Shaka and Sam. Life advice. Life <laughs> advice. All right, guys. We're getting out of here. Happy Halloween. Enjoy week nine, and we'll be back next week. Take care, guys. Enjoy the games.